0: The DIMP Digital Network presents The DDT WrestleCast
1: Here from the Dimp Digital Network. Welcome to the DDT Wrestlecast. I am joined by Paper, and we're going to review SummerSlam 1992. Paper, how you doing? Woo! He's not on the card, yeah. is he? Really, not wrestling.
0: He's not wrestling, but he's there. He's lurking. He does lurk, and no, no spoiler. Well, I guess this is all. This podcast is all spoilers. But um, and if you haven't watched it from nineteen ninety two, then you know, God help you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, how excited are you to review this event in twenty twenty? So what's that?
0: Twenty eight years on? Oh, massively! Like I've it 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 was. The event that introduced me to to wrestling, I think I mentioned on a, another podcast we've done, but it, it was it was it was the big thing that sort of my eyes the the that that then WWF or, or wrestling as a pro wrestling as a sport or entertainment, and uh, yeah yeah is and I've d- dipped in and out over the years in, in 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 my in my love and watch of wrestling, um, but yeah this this is the this is the card or the event that kicked all that off. Yeah, what, what
1: is that? What made you pick this? Is because I, I kind of let you pick the first episode because i've I've watched all of these quite recently and i thought well if paper's up for doing it at least let him start off the pick of of what events we could possibly cover and then i think we may be doing something at the end where we present four options and there'll be a poll going out for the audience to decide but 92 what's the what's the reason behind that other than perhaps it's the one that kicked it off for you or is that just it oh
0: it's it's, there's a load of things there was there was um like I, I hadn't gone back to '92 in such a long time, and and I knew like a bunch of the results, but like how they happened, how they got there, um, was still just a bit vague. And uh, uh, and I just equally, um, having not watched wrestling for a long period of time, and in, uh, just recently picking it back up with AWE, or uh, uh, AEW, shall I say, I was an AWE, Elite Wrestling, uh, the wrong way around, um Was was I just wanted to go back and just just think. What was it like back then uh, in comparison to, to, to now? Because I've got that sort of fresh thing in my head. And so so that that was a, a a reason for going back, I guess, as far as I can remember, to see what the difference is between then and, and now. I didn't want to go because like, we could have easily jumped straight back into somewhere like in the Attitude era, yeah. uh, sort of like the, the mid to late 90s, because uh, there's some absolutely cracking stuff around then. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I just I think I, I wanted to start at the beginning uh, for, and my uh, for me and my journey started in SummerSlam 92
1: yeah I mean it's, it is interesting watching him like this and to be honest I'm sure we'll eventually get to some Attitude Era stuff and there's you'll notice a difference between this and that let alone between this and today 28 years later so it's, it is interesting to take a, a quick look back this was held in, in, in Wembley Stadium which Sounds mad these days and I can't believe they've not come back since since ninety two to do something this big, like to do a major event. It's it's been I I don't think there's much of an argument, it's probably the biggest wrestling event that's ever taken place on these shores um and this was the first sort of WWF pay-per-view outside of the North American continent. So they've done stuff in Canada and whatnot but 80,355 fans packed into Wembley Arena The gate Is about, it? yeah about 2.7 million dollars was the gate which doesn't sound a lot in these days because that'd be you know multiply that by 10 but back then it's a huge amount of money um are you surprised they've not been back in this with this sort of magnitude of a card? Because SummerSlams like one of their top four, along with Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. I, there's, there's a market, well, there, maybe not anymore, but certainly throughout the years where it's been varying in popularity. There's surely a market to do a huge event over in the UK.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there there is room to do a a pay per view in the UK. I guess my worry is I don't know whether they would be able to you know get the eighty thousand that they have now mainly because uh uh, well maybe there will be at some point in the future but it just doesn't feel like that the sales probably as much there is now um in terms of maybe like the talent and you know the people buying into that uh as it was back then um but it's it's i i'm very surprised that they they haven't um tried to come back to the uk and and have one of the major pay-per-views one of the top four Hmm. um and 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 try and lace it like they did with all the pomp that that you get with sort of a a british event rather than an american because it's a real sort of different sell i was actually thinking about this um uh actually when I, yesterday and i was thinking oh 92 they didn't have the internet back then so mm. you could so you could pre-record yes and you wouldn't yeah. get spoilers um yeah. so for back in the so for them back in the states it is it's a sort of a it, it was I guess a no-brainer really you could have a pay-per-view anywhere in the world and then just being uh over over there afterwards uh, i'm not sure if they did or they did it live but they, no, they a couple they couldn't
1: of days later it is yeah, really so late. yeah
0: and so it's um they, they couldn't get away with that now because social media would be on them so and and my worry would be if they was told in the UK you would have something that similar happened with the UFC where yeah. they had to do it at like three o'clock in the morning yeah. um, and you you their audience is primarily a, a younger children yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now that, like, yeah. some young teens and stuff like that that um, wouldn't be up at that time of night and no most parents probably wouldn't allow their children to do that so i i can't see it happening again uh, and maybe that's why they can get away with the raw tapings uh yeah. and, and stuff like that which they i think they do on a yearly basis now um but yeah they, they, they i just don't think they could get away with it because we in this country don't really have the pay-per-view model uh it, it really makes no 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 sense for them uh, an interesting fact also about this pay-per-view was i didn't realize i was watching i can't remember what it was the other day uh but this was the first pay-per-view that the wwf had had without hulk hogan yes, so it was, Yeah, so it's was, it was, yeah. it a, it a big big great. big thing for them uh so uh yeah yeah it was, it was, it was a great card uh, but whether it could happen again. I don't know. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not so convinced.
1: It's probably done. I mean, going back to the UFC comparison, it's kind of like what they where they are now. They know they can put on an event in in London or the UK, and it'll probably sell out regardless of what the card is. So because it comes over in not very often, I feel like it's a bit similar with WWE. Although they're a little bit more active in these areas, they, it's just it's such demand for it. They don't have to do the big events to to grow their brand. You know, they, they they're well established in this country but yeah. uh, interesting one of the interesting things was that at the time of this event going on and uh, uh, and taking place in Wembley it would be the second largest recorded crowd to attend a pro wrestling event so it was oh, only really? it was only trailing hulk versus andre the giant match in 1987
0: but um so, so it's, it's five years they hadn't had a bigger card uh, bigger attendance in five years
1: no yeah it's crazy really wow. but that's, that's it was it was obviously caught fire and and i think we'll go through i'm I, maybe the undercard's not as good as what people remember but certainly there are two very good matches at least in here but we'll we'll go through and pick out which ones of those are we we kick things off with Money Incorporated, which is Ted DiBiase and IRS taking on the Legion of Doom, Hawk, Animal tag team match, little twelve minute affair. What did you make of this looking back? This is, I mean, this isn't really even peak Legion of Doom. They've had their time, believe it or not, in WCW in, in like the late '80s, but they're still capable of putting on a show here.
0: I think it was. It was a crowd pleaser to start the the yeah. show. It was an all round sort of solid uh, match, and I'll come back to the thing I actually really liked about the match uh, in, in a minute. But it's um, I just feel like you, you had the Legions of Doom, which all you had to do was then walk to the ring in their sort of like bike, you know, spike outfits, and suddenly you've, you've got the crowd going there. Yeah. there was that's a that's a USP, and it's and it's it's it's. it's its own right and yeah. and they are babyface, uh, and followed by money incorporate who who are so hill you've, you've got it going straight away and you've got um i think it wasn't it was it jimmy hart was with uh, uh money incorporated as well yeah. so um so you, you were on the mic and and stuff like that and so you had a really good uh, uh probably a match that was good, could be quite solid uh, could last a fair whack of time for your opening of bout on tv that you know if people were tuning in yeah they know they're gonna they're, they're, they're stars that they recognize straight away and, and they're gonna have a solid match and then as i said the thing i really liked about this match in itself was there was only one pin attempt in the whole match which got the free count right. which was some which was something i just I, I i and i was i just you just don't see now no. um especially on a match that's gone 12 13 minutes to only see one pin attempt is is was, was for me was just sort of like blew my mind a little
1: bit and I think oh cracky, how, how far thing yeah so, it's it's mad because because most of the time there'll be a pin attempt for a move that's never got a free count ever and you kind of think why are you going for that they should make the pin more about going for it once they've hit a big move but nowadays everyone kicks out of everything and you know you don't know where the where the free counts gonna gonna come from but Legion Doom go over um Ted DiBiase when I was watching I watched a cluster of older events. I, I kind of picked him out as someone who I hadn't seen much of in my younger days. But looking back now, I thought he was really good. Um, I don't know if you got the impression of who the, like the worker or the, or the biggest technician is out of the four that are in the match. But for me, Ted DiBiase is a bit of a, not underrated because he's got a great deal of his respect. But for me personally, I remember watching him thinking, you know, he's he's actually very, very good.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly the same. Um he he, he did I, to be honest, I I I thought everyone in the match, I, to be honest, I thought Money Incorporated definitely carried a lot of that match. Yeah. Um they, they, they were the, the younger pairing uh, and they, they were putting over um the Legions of Doom who who as you said won their sort of way out a little bit. Um but like they it was just yeah, they, they, the, the the money incorporated were definitely the workers in that, but yeah, it's just an all round good good match. And like yourself, I, I, Ted DiBiase, I, I, yeah, haven't seen so much about um, uh, over the years, but he, um, in terms of my memory going back that far, because I'm, I'm, my memory sort of goes Summer '92 and then sort of skips uh, uh, probably about. <laughs> five years into the yeah. straight into the attitude era yeah. uh, and so that there's that to me there's a there's a gap where there's a bunch of great wrestlers that i i don't i don't really um didn't really get the full uh flavor and i reckon ted debiocity is, is 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 definitely one of those
1: yeah absolutely now uh, we then move on to the second match this is a really short match um nails takes on takes on virgil um and Nails beats him with some weird sort of chin lock or, or choke hold or, or whatever it's supposed to be. Three minutes, 15 seconds they've got here in the Wrestling Observer. Um, and then Nails beats beats um, Virgil up with, with Bossman's nightstick after. This is a bit of a throwaway and a bit of a, a strange one to be on there. But I guess leading into this, there would have been storylines for this match taking place
0: yeah yeah nothing they did allude to to some of the the storylines while they were ongoing it was it was a bit of a it it was there as a uh, as a bit of a filler i think they had a story ongoing they probably wanted to give it a bit of air time and hopefully get a a little bit more see whether something they get more out of it you know going into the roars or the the uh, afterwards um but yeah it was it felt it did feel like virgil was pretty much a a sacrificial lamb uh in in that that match it didn't feel like they they cared too much about having a I'm not, don't get me wrong the wrestlers probably did care about having a good match but it felt like the, the wwf just was like right this is going to happen really quick and Virgil, you're sort of the, the 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 lamb to the slaughter for this one
1: yeah yeah absolutely we then get to see a young Shawn michaels take on rick the model Martel with the gimmick that I always remembered from the tapes, it's always stuck in my mind, but they they promised Sensational Sherry that they would not hit each other in the face. So that, that threw up some, some interesting spots. What's it like looking back at someone like Shawn Michaels who goes on to have a, a fantastic career, gets stopped by injury, comes back and does amazing stuff still he's, he's a, obviously a hall of famer and one of the greats to ever do it what's it like seeing him in 1992 when he's much much further down the card from where he would get to
0: yeah i just for me like even though he's that much further down the card he's on the pay-per-view getting well, i would say probably one of the the better spots on the pay-per-view like um in comparison to some other people and and it was it was just interesting to see I, it was sort of like i don't know that heartbreak kid character um mm. is, is just so iconic and uh yeah it was it was it was really really interesting to to see him I, more on the other side i didn't remember much of uh rick Martel when I, until i went back and watched it and yeah. um, I, I and i actually this was actually one of the things i really sort of enjoyed about uh uh Minds 92 was they were clearly two characters they were clearly playing this this very obvious storyline that you couldn't hit each other in the face they were both vying for Sherry and uh, and, and had all the, the Sherry going who's she going to go with during yeah. the match even though she's with like Shaw Michaels or, and she was like oh maybe she could be with Rick Martel um, and then she does the whole fainting and, and, and it was just so over dramatised but I sort of loved it like I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know why but like you just you do just don't get that that real sort of like <sighs> shit funny wrestling anymore that it's not, it's not I say shit, it's not shit, but it's um it's like you don't get that kind of sort of like comedy style wrestling where yeah. they they are two good wrestlers but they can have a fun storyline with it and, and such a way that it's a double count out which yes you know yeah. you never see that anymore right. um in well, you, I well I you I don't know but I haven't seen that in a long time. Um yeah. and uh, it was
1: AEW like, still haven't done a count out finish <laughs>
0: Yeah, they haven't. Yeah. Uh, you know that that will happen at some point because then yeah. they, they've got that one up their sleeve. But or establish
1: um... it as a rule at least, it can happen. So yeah, you think they'll do it eventually
0: yeah well like and the thing was what I enjoyed was the first match was was uh was was a pin the second yeah. match i think was um a submission yeah. and the third match was suddenly that this one was 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 the count out and so already they've had three matches with three completely different finishes um but yeah it was it was I, I, I enjoyed it, and actually, out of the stuff so far on the card, it was probably my, my favorite match, just purely because of the tongue in cheek, uh, the, sh- the Sherry fainting, and yeah. then them running after each other, getting soaked with water when she's being carried back, and um it's just so, so sort of like trash TV. It was so, sort of, it was good fun, um, yeah. and so so I enjoyed it. And we, I don't feel like any wrestler got you know to show. You know what they're made of, wrestling-wise, but mm-hmm. it just sort of showed both were sort of quite good workers. And obviously, we all know where Shawn Michaels ended up, um, as you said, like Hall of Famer, uh, one of the greatest WrestleMania fights uh, that we've probably ever seen. Um, and and yeah. it, it, you know, and, and the thing is, what we know about Shawn Michaels now, uh, and then you watch him back there, where he, we know he's he is this in real life, this sort of obsessed with his career and getting himself forward uh, and stuff like that and you can see that looking back at this like yeah uh, as, as as even though it's a character you know there's that that smart small part of uh sean michaels in that character as well um just out of all the stuff that's come out you know over the years from from wwe
1: yeah yeah it's, that is interesting because i listen to jr's podcast brilliant jr and every time that Shawn michaels comes up from the the early 90s through to like the late 90s before he went off of his back his his quote is he's a he was a giant pain in the ass (laughs) but um he was a great rim worker it's another one of those guys that when i was watching i I watched all the pay-per-views about two years back took me about a year to get through them all from like 84 to 97 or 6 i can't remember where i got to now but you see Shawn Michaels slowly f- filtering in and he, he's, he, Im- he immediately stands out in comparison to what else is going on. As like the way he takes his bumps, the way, how athletic he is. And he does a little bit of high flying and, and just like oozing his charisma. He really he stands out, especially in this era. But I think you could show anyone this match and not tell them the era it was from and they'll be able to guess sort of early 90s. It fits right in with, with sort of the wackiness that the early 90s would have, would have bought.
0: Yeah, that, that, the hairstyles as well. Yeah, was, so yeah.
1: Some of them were dreadful, yeah. Yeah, and, and Sean's no, <laughs> not getting away with that one. He's had <laughs> some awful haircuts over the years. Then we've got a tag team title match. Now, I don't proclaim to say the natural disasters are the best in-ring workers, but I must admit I never forgot them after seeing them on that VHS tape. Uh, typhoon and, and, and Earthquake. Not the most athletic people you'll see, but they, they don't stand out against anyone else, did not they?
0: yeah no no two two great big lads that uh they 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 yeah they haven't got much ring prowess in terms of athleticness but you know as soon as one of them touches you or bangs into you or sits on you or whatever you know that that's gonna hurt um and 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 that's what they were sold as and uh yeah you're right you just can't forget them and it's the first um uh, championship match of the card as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're obviously going back to the era where there's, there is only three belts, and uh, I personally I, I prefer that where there's less. I sometimes think less is more. Um, but yeah, those those two really really uh, really good, and they, they the the you watch it here, and the the, the the WWF clearly could have put some other tag team on for that title match, but I'm just pretty sure that they they. They didn't probably want to take away from what was coming later on. Um, and so they probably just wanted uh, the, uh, the Natural Disasters to retain that title. Uh, and, and so therefore they sort of gave them a sort of an easier opponent, which you knew they should win, which was going to be a crowd pleaser. Um, and there's so many decent, ta- looking back, there's so many decent tag teams they could have been up against. Um, yeah. But I felt like they were given sort of maybe the easier role just to keep that card going along
1: yeah they they beat the Beverly Brothers in, in 10 minutes 21 not going to proclaim it as the best match ever it certainly wasn't with the, with the guys that are involved but um, you, you... I still don't forget either of those guys, and they they sort of logged in my head. Uh, as far as I, will probably the day I die, they'll be there.
0: Well, yeah, just Lucky. as a kid, we're just watching watching Two that now. huge, huge
1: fuckers. Like, yeah, yeah, you
0: think fucking out, and like you, you like the, he finishes by basically sitting on it. Well, he, does, yeah. he sits on him, and you think as a, as a, you know as as an adult now, you can laugh at it. But like as a kid, you're like, oh, <laughs> imagine names sitting on you. I wouldn't mm. like that and stuff like that. And so yeah, really sort of just their physical appearance really sort of brings to life you know how you know heavy and hard they probably are yeah We then move
1: on to another squash match we've got repo man taking on crush crush defeats repo man in four minutes three seconds with his with his head crusher and it's quite apparent here that they're they're pushing crush as some sort of superman type he he didn't sell much there's a in the Observer Dave Meltzer references that he missed the knee drop off the top rope and that he didn't sell that he just carried on as normal but it's a short match at 4 minutes 3 seconds and it's obviously just there to try and get Crush over and they I think at this time they've got big plans for him but that doesn't quite materialise as history rolls on but anything to comment on this this short and and uh, uh, and dominating squash match.
0: <laughs> I was I and, and this is when I, I was quite drunk when when we got to this part of the 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 pay per view was watching. I had got completely forgotten about it and had to be reminded uh, afterwards. I, I sort of stopped drinking after this and paused it and came back another day to finish the card. Um, but yeah, I I think that sort of says everything about this 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 match for me. It was like when you reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, is the the really big hench you know guy that they're greedy really trying to you know push. But it, it was a nothing key match. It was. Um, and you look at both, sort of, well, the, the two squash matches so far, you, it were nothing matches, and, and it sort yeah. of shows.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you chose a good place to pause because after this, we then go straight into the WWF title match where Ultimate Warrior is taking on Randy Savage. Randy Savage is the, the champion at this time. And the ongoing story is whose corner is Mr. Perfect going to be in? So you kind of know there's going to be some shenanigans at some point. But outside of that, Warrior, hugely popular. um, But as many people have have pointed out, not the best worker in the world. Relied a lot on his charisma and, and his... Basically, his gimmick got him got him so ridiculously over, and people would love him. But if you actually watch his work, it's not the best. Randy Savage, on the other hand, had a great gimmick and was great in the ring. And really, these two combined put on what was a pretty good match. Other than I didn't like the finish too much because I like it to be some sort of finality to it on a pay per view, but you can't have it all.
0: Yeah, no, no, and the finish was was was, was a was a count out. Um, I was thinking yeah. about this when I then I. I when i was after i'd watched it and, and i was thinking how do they best because they, they they effectively have got baby face versus baby face and they don't mm. want to turn any hill they want to yeah. keep them both baby face uh and and there's obviously so many ways you can do that but obviously this is we, we got to rewind and go back and, and this was sort of like the days when we were first having these big pay-per-views and then they were starting to really sort of roll out and so maybe the the, the i guess the writing wasn't as what they might do today but like it gave them a get out of jail card by, by giving the count out. Uh, and, cause they basically give ultimate warrior the win, but yeah. Savage retains the belt. So no one's technically losing. And, and I did feel a little bit cheated by that. If I was being honest, like, like you said, when I was, I was a little bit, you know, thought, Oh, well that's sort of unconclusive. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, it's, it was a really solid match and it, it probably, uh, it probably could have done with a finish, but then, then I then I do think back, it sort of, it's not the the match that this pay per view is remembered for. And maybe if they they had let sort of uh, Ultimate Warrior or Randy Savage win uh, fully and have like the most amazing match, it might have taken away from what's what was to come on the card. But it's um it was a it was a really really solid match. I really did enjoy it. I did like the the. Uh, the the guys coming in um, what's he called Mr Perfect and Ric Flair uh, yeah. coming to the side of the ring and stuff like that and uh, you've obviously got the commentary uh which was, was all really nice tongue in cheek I, I forget the the, the 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 commentator it was Vince McMahon and someone else um but the other guy's sort of gimmick was like he was always on the the the, the sort of the hill side who the hill was he would always just it was be on that Jesse
1: side. Ventura I think
0: um uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not too sure um but um yeah it was it was it was a re- it was it was a really good uh the way they played it and obviously they've been building this one up for quite some time on all the, the home shows and uh and going to the ring and and it, it worked well yeah as i said i felt a little bit disappointed by the ending because it sort of felt unfinished um and I, but it it you know it gave every, it was a solid sort of 20 odd five minutes um and then it was just sort of quickly sort of over with and i quite like you know we, we we've got to remember that you know the wwf's key audience is is children slash uh, teens uh, especially at this time as well uh, and so to them to see someone like ultimate warrior and his gimmick is just mm. it's just they just absolutely oh, love yeah. it. and um uh yeah and i uh, i i, I, de- I definitely enjoyed,
1: enjoyed the match yeah you can't you can't fault warrior for what he won and how popular he was, because he, he got over. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. He was popular, so you, you have to put him in these sort of positions regardless of his, his in in ring, in ring work, not quite been able to scratch, but it, it still showed here that he's capable of putting on the good matches with the right opponents and that's that's something for the bookers to decide and make sure they pair him up with, with good opponents that can make the, the both of them look good. Um it was Bobby the brain heenan who was the commentator with Vince. That's and yes, that. Bobby is a legend on the commentary and at ringside when he's a he's allowed to come out. What what did you think of Flair and Mr. Perfect coming down? Did you have an idea of who they were going to side with? I mean, in honesty, it sounded it just felt like they were there to just wreck it regardless. It didn't matter what who ended up winning in the end, but they they sort of teased by tripping Savage and then I think he double crosses Warrior and it just turns out they're just trying to cause a ruckus basically.
0: Yeah, I I thought that was played pretty well. Like I saw of had an inkling before the 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 match um, that they 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 weren't on it on a side it was yeah. it was uh, um because you had two baby faces and you I, you just knew that probably none of them were going to turn so because uh, if they were going to turn that was obviously the time for it to happen um, to have Mister Perfect in, inside but um I, I, I like the way they teased I like the way they tripped Savage and like everyone's like oh they must be more yeah. inside. Um, and then when they, then they, they took out uh warrior, uh, and, but then Savage's backs turned and, and so forth. I think he was like out of the ring when it happened. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're like, Oh, what, what? And at that sort of stage you sort of get the inkling, Oh, they're there to, to, to mess this up. And I think they did a, did a good job. I, I, I do like their the, and actually just in general, like wrestling, like they're, wrestlers awareness of the ring they know where the camera is so they'll always stand on the opposite side of the ring so they're facing the camera and stuff like that and just little things like that i just i just thought oh, i enjoyed it
1: yeah they, they they made sure that they didn't want to turn either of these because warrior grabs the belt and, and gives it to randy savage and helps him up to his feet so they, they're making sure that people don't go away thinking oh, warrior or savage which one of those but they're clearly uh, still on the same page other than You know, when Flair and uh, uh, Mr. Perfect come down. Here's, Here's a quick excerpt from Dave Meltzer's report from the Wrestling Observer for this match. It says, Warrior has shrunk like crazy. He looked about 225, very much like a taller Brian Pillman, but without the wrestling ability. Considering he looked like this when he came back, then suddenly got noticeably bigger... Then shrunk and then shrunk a major amount in just a few weeks. You can't convince me of anything other than he was given special permission to use chemical aids up until a few weeks ago because he looked exactly like every bodybuilder a few weeks after getting off the juice. So there we go. I think that's probably a fair assessment, given what was going on back in the day.
0: Um, I think that's probably of everyone back in the day, yeah oh yeah.
1: Yeah, everyone's on the gimmick. Um, I thought in my in my mind, I thought when I watched this that that was the we were coming up to the big main event match between Bulldog and, and Bret Hart. But there is another match. It's, it's Undertaker versus Kamala, and this is another match. Very short. I think it ends in in, in under four minutes. Um, but I always remember it just because Kamala just keeps splashing the Undertaker at the end. And then Undertaker pops up, and Kamala basically runs off scared because he's like, "What the hell have I got to do to to put this man down?" But it's uh, it's a short match. Undertaker wins via DQ. Any faults on this?
0: Yeah, I, I, when I watch this in my head, for some reason, the it was daytime when when this match was happening, but obviously it was it was it was. It was, it was pitch black and it was like the, just before yeah. the main well it wasn't the main event they, they did class the match before as that the main event uh, but before but it was pitch black and and all i could remember previously from this was was when uh paul bear sort of slams a ring and the taker sort of sits up and, and it's like oh he's come back to life i think that's remember that's what, just as i remember saying as a kid going oh i just like he died he'd come back to life and <laughs> um but I, I didn't realize actually like how much of a poor match it was um like and it, and, and that was just i was that's was what i was really disappointed about when i was watching back to summerslam 92 was as kamala was just crap to be honest it felt like they just got some some big guy just to put on like an, an african mask and, and not have any sort of you know in-ring skill just to be <laughs> there and the, like the dq was just shit as well like it was just the, it was like this tiny little guy running yeah. and just hits him with his hat and you're like well that's done nothing to no one it's not like he's hit him with a chair or you know like you really knocked him hard but and, and it was just like well that's pathetic to stop the the, the, the match for that and so I just got I did, I did fair watching his back did annoy me a little bit but I I did I was I personally was resurrected again when I saw Paul Bear do the bang on the, the, yes, the um, and, and I was like yeah and, and Undertaker's entrance was ace yeah. Um, yeah, and to, to even looking back I, I can't think of a, a better Undertaker entrance than that just the, the, the ring walk was so long and yeah. coming on that car and the, 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 the music and um, yeah the entrance was good but yeah the, the match was just crap and it felt like and I don't know much about Kamala if I'm being honest uh, I don't know if he was around in the WWF long after or if he was there much before but it mm-hmm. was just it, it, yeah it was, it was another squash match and the only the Like the other two, it's forgettable. I think the only reason it's not forgettable is because it was Taker uh, and obviously Taker's a legend um, and like his entrance was just probably the best entrance of, of the night, personally. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a legendary entrance, The Undertaker, so it's always good to see it, especially back in 92 where it's still like the first version of The Undertaker. So he's wearing like the black and purple and they're very much playing and leaning heavily in towards the Undertaker gimmick at this stage because it, it fits in with the the time period uh but yeah i mean it was a, a short match terrible match in, in dave Meltzer's eyes. society gave it minus one star so i uh, you
0: know, mean me and dave were aligned then but yeah. what i did like and, and this is why the more i saw was going through it was back then every wrestler had A gimmick. They were something, if that makes sense. Like like, even with the VTS, with the Nasty Boys or the Bushwhackers and and stuff like that. Everyone had a gimmick, and uh, I, I just I don't know that that seems to have died a death. I don't know of any. Well, I can't think of the top of my head uh, a wrestler with with a with a gimmick that can get that far now uh, up a roster um, as as they probably could back back in the day. Even like Taker's uh, uh, gimmick sort of died down. If you look at him, and even later mm. on, he's sort of gone more towards. He's lost a lot of that apparel, uh, and people refer to him as Taker rather than Undertaker and stuff like that. Well, he, went,
1: and, he went through that whole American Bad ass yeah. like, where he was a blacker, <laughs> not anything to do with Undertaker. So. Yeah, it certainly goes in peaks and troughs, but it feels like, yeah, the the days of the Undertaker gimmick are slowly um, fading away or, or pretty much gone. Although t- may, maybe Matt Hardy's trying to resurrect that with yeah. teleportation and holograms.
0: <laughs> you know, we'll see how we get on. But yeah, even, like, back then as well, like, they could just, you know stereotypes weren't a problem back then and oh. they were just uh kamala <laughs> was just the perfect example of them just saying right stereotype this this guy up and uh and away you go and get in the ring and so yeah it's uh yeah one of those days but yeah it was a poor match but you know there are some there are some little little things in it that that are enjoyable
1: i'm not against the poor match now and again because it's bound to happen as long as the poor match is short and Inoffensive, then I'm, I'm fine with it. So, uh,
0: which which they did on this card. Yeah, all, all exactly, the poor, yeah, the three poor yeah. matches were, were less than five minutes, all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you just gotta, but as long as they're short, I think, well, uh, it's fine. I haven't lost too much time basically watching that. So, if it was 15 minutes and that's how it went and then that's how the finish was, you'd be like, right, that was a pile of shit and that was a waste of my time. But, you know, at three minutes 42, you get to see the Undertaker come out, you get to see. You know the gimmick at the end where he pops back up, and that's all the crowd really wanted at that time. Anyway, I don't think they cared about him seeing yeah. seeing the Undertaker win a clean match against Kamala at the time. We then got the main event.
0: Well, well, the- well before well, that, you, there, there was the the bit one of the bits I enjoyed most from '92, which was when Rowdy Potty P- P- Piper oh. came out and he was on the bagpipes between yeah. this, these I can't two. And this is, I think, what I meant about, um, you know, earlier about talking about, like, they could have done with the British pomp and stuff, like, all that type of stuff. Uh, they, they, they don't do that anymore. But it was great to see uh, uh, Piper there and, and on the bagpipes, though I'm pretty sure he wasn't playing them. Uh, pretty much it doubt was, it,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought it was, once again, it was just a really nice gimmick. Uh, and it was a really nice thing just to, uh, between the two matches, in the build up to. Uh, to bulldog and then but i just really like i just enjoyed it i thought it was, it was a bit of fun
1: yeah so here's a little tidbit about roddy piper roddy piper appeared on the show playing the bad bagpipes apparently this was a favor as there were political reasons regarding piper getting some kind of actor's guild card to work in the united kingdom as this was a simple way to go about it there are no plans for his return at this time So something was obviously going on behind the scenes there, which is probably why he went wrestling and he he just popped back for this. So some behind the scenes bits there, but like you said, he he, he probably wasn't playing those bagpipes. I'd be surprised if he is then hats off. (laughs) <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a job well done. They look fucking hard.
0: Yeah, but it's, once again, they they played to his gimmick. And and, yeah. and 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 in in the U being in the UK and and, and bagpipes galore, Scotland and stuff like that. Um. Yeah. It, it was just it was just a nice treat I thought between and and it's it's the type of thing that I think wrestling can do really well. It's just the little in betweeny bits that you know, you know, can sell a show sometimes.
1: Funny thing about Roddy Piper and what his gimmick was. He was Canadian, so he wasn't Scottish. He he didn't even sound Scottish. He just wore the kill. That's all
0: <laughs> that you need. To be the thing, <laughs> yeah, to exactly. You kill and you're in.
1: He didn't even. He didn't even try and put on an accent. So <laughs> he didn't. Uh, he didn't go full hog on that on that gimmick. But it worked and it, a great a great work and a great promo, which I'm hoping we'll get to see some of those in full flight at some point in the future. But um, Bulldog takes on Bret Hart, and it's obviously this is like an intra-family feud as well because. You've got Diana, who's Brett's sister, who's married to the Bulldog. So there's always a bit of, like, they're constantly referencing or who she wants to win, her brother or her husband, all this sort of good stuff. Um And interestingly, this is the main event. Uh, not surprising, considering Bulldog is part of the match. Obviously, we're in the UK here for this. So it's one of those things where they put the hometown hero on last. But it is an Intercontinental title match not a World Championship match and this is at the stage where the Intercontinental belt kind of meant something before they pissed it all away and we were we were talking off air about AEW and the TNT Championship they've created and he was a bit like "Well, I don't need a second shitty belt but here's an example of where the second shitty belt can actually be elevated to a decent prestige and his main event in SummerSlam
0: yeah, the Uncontinental belt. I always look back with a lot of fondness. It was it was won by wrestlers that deserve to win it. That you know, you just knew probably weren't going to get a push within the next or, year or so towards the sort of main belt because you can only have so many people around that main belt at a given time um, yeah. and storylines around it. Um, and it just so therefore you can keep like, a, and there are some really good wrestlers down the further down that roster, and you can really get them and it does feel like it's also a nice way for a wrestler to get a step up before making it if they want to then try and give them a push later on towards the, yeah. the world title and uh, it's, it, it can get pissed up if they if they start giving it to people that don't deserve it or you know shitty comedy crap happens with it and stuff like that and then it sort of loses its sort of integrity that's um, what's
1: happened though in recent times with the intercontinental belt and not even in recent times for, for decades now it's gone from main event in something something like SummerSlam, slam where is one of their top events of the year to just being not even an opener sometimes just being involved in stupid squash matches like the last time it changed hands in the wwe recently was in a 3v1 handicap match and one of the three won it and it's like well, what are we doing really? that's so far so- from what they're doing here isn't it with the intercontinental the title
0: yeah, there's so much prestige around it, and, and it, it meant yeah, it just meant something. I don't know. It's it's hard to I guess you know put it so much into words, but like just yeah, yeah. And then that's what I guess. What we referring back to the AEW, like they, they like we're not too sure about the the naming of the belt, but if they just don't fuck it up and they. they they give it to people that deserve a, the belt or deserve a push that can't get a push anytime soon towards the main belt or around that, that sort of top five outside of that top, top five. Because they've got the rankings there in the AEW. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If, they, if they can do it for, you know, people outside the top five, but, you know, really good and people would like, yeah, then they're good. If, if people like Orange Cassidy win it, I, you know, to me, that sort of starts that sort of the slippery slide to it sort of being a bit of a worthless gimmick belt.
1: So you're hoping that someone like Colt Cabana can win it and really give the, the TNT Championship its prestige and, and and put it on there with the likes of the Intercontinental Title from the early nineties.
0: If Colt Cabana wins it, I'm 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 out of AEW. I quit. <laughs> I you know there there are plenty of good people and there's plenty of young good people yeah. that deserve it as well. Like uh, and we've gone well off topic here of SummerSlam, but you know you've got you got, you know MJF, you've got the Codies, you got the yeah. the Derby Allens, you've probably got people like Pac who are probably gonna fall out of that top five soon. Uh that, that 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 does that probably deserve that push, but you know, you know, Colt Cabana can just you know I just don't like the gimmick. Sorry, Colt. No. But, um it's <laughs>
1: one last thing on AEW and we'll get back to the main event but Pac would be a great first champion but I think with the lockdowns and the travel restrictions in place because of COVID-19 I think he's stuck over here <laughs> so you yeah. can't get out to, to AEW to, to work at the moment so that's a bit of a pain the timing is not great if I was them I would have personally pushed this back until things were a bit clearer because you want that to be one in front of a crowd I'm not sure by the end of May they're going to be able to run double or nothing which is where it's meant to be you know, the finals taking place, but we'll see. We'll see how it pans out and we'll, we'll definitely have a separate chat about AEW in the near future. Yep. Bret Hart, Bulldog, talk to me. I mean,
0: it Bret was Hart, to, one of the best
1: the... to ever do it. And, and Bulldog, one of your favorites probably because he's British.
0: Yeah. Well, Bret Hart was his line. The best there was, the best there is, and the best there ever will be. Um, I was, I was actually uh, watching the, the Stone Cold Skull, whatever it is, podcast where Bret oh, Hart yeah, on Broken Skull. Broken yeah. Skull that's it. Uh, and then he was on like a couple of weeks ago, uh, and they uh, and uh, and the Bret Hart talks about like he just he wanted to be involved in classic matches, and this was what just one of I guess he mentioned about five matches and under that term, and this was was one of them, and it, yeah. and it definitely was. It was it was such a good uh, match, and and even being in the UK once again, it was two babyface uh the, the back storyline was was really good really interesting really well played um and even in the arena uh there were a lot of people cheering on Bret hart as well and and uh there were sometimes where he had a bit of a boo because obviously you can have a bigger crowd towards bulldog but it was it was just a really really good fight uh, or match and you know Bret hart and 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 Davey probably have worked with each other on and off and just you know practice with each other for years um, outside. So I'm not surprised it leads to being the, probably the best match of the card. And, and you know, oh, it is yeah. tipping hats to, to the WWE for, you know, not being sticking the, the main heavyweight title, well, not heavyweight, the main world title as the, the top build event and actually going, well, look, this this could, this will really be an amazing way to finish the, the, the night off to have uh, the hometown favourite against, you know, another one of our all-time greatest yeah. uh wrestlers and so uh yeah it was really really good i, I really enjoyed it um and yeah it was I, I even went off and bought i don't know why i an on ebay and bought I i don't know if you remember a hasbo mini figure of bulldog oh um, yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that'll be arriving in the next couple of days uh, just to sit on next to my computer I was like, i'll have that six pounds yeah. done
1: yeah he was he's certainly a legend over on these shores and you know He had great matches during his time, and this was one of them. And it, it obviously helps being in there with such a good technician like Bret Hart, who no doubt would have been calling the match and, and running Davey through it. But it, still, the, the, the heat in the match is unbelievable. The crowd, bearing in mind this is probably at the back end of three, four hours. They've probably had a few dark matches, and they've been sitting there all day. It looked like it was baking hot in the afternoon, and then it's got to the night but when it came time for the main event, the crowd were just as lively, if not live as they've been all night and that really, in my eyes, that always helps a match is seeing the live reactions of the crowd and these guys put on a a great performance. We had some good spots in there, heart kicking out of the power slam and and Bulldog managing to get out of um, the sharpshooter and it all culminates with Bulldog winning clean for a bit of a flash pinfall. Um, But... He gets the cradle and gets it for, to win the, the Intercontinental belt. Probably Bulldog's career highlight, really, when we look back at what he what he went on to do.
0: Oh, massively! He's one hundred percent. his biggest moment, I would would say, in the whole of his wrestling career. And um, I guess stepping away from it, it's nice to see that he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, as yep. of I don't know in the next month or so. I can't remember when it is. This WrestleMania. It's, yeah. It'll so, be, yeah, it'll be this weekend. It, yeah, and so that, that's that's long overdue and. Um, yeah it was it was just it was just fantastic I, I i i don't know what really what to say about it apart from like it was just one of those matches that i just really enjoyed both seemed to work really hard i, I like the way that they played it like bret hart was the the better wrestler and and they, they, they played it to that they told the story that you know bret hart was was getting over most of uh that match and you thought well it's only gonna be a matter of time there was lots of kick out lots of heart and then i, I like the fact that you know bulldog won it so it's not sneakily but you know quickly rolled up um and and turned it uh, uh, an offense in, uh, you know from defense into offense and um yeah and, and just won it quickly there and i just thought that sort of told a nice story to say hey Bret hart probably the better wrestler but you know on the day bulldog no, toughed, day, it out, yeah. you know, toughed it out and 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 just pulled it out of the hat on right at the end there uh, and i thought that was a really nice way to win it and obviously the, the memories from that for me as a kid was was, was uh, Diana, sorry, Diana Diana yeah. uh, uh, standing in the middle of the two of them holding their hands up high after that, um, yeah. uh, and like sort of that sort of family um, uh, family uh, that they, they, they played on for that story. And it was a yeah, it was a really really good good finish to what was a really sort solid nice card
1: yeah it's a it's a great main event i always tend to wait you know whether i enjoyed a pay-per-view more so on how good the main event was because i think it's important that the the biggest match of the card delivers so a bad main event can really drag down a card and a, and a good a great main event can drag up an average card into the into the good realms and this was one of the one of the great ones and it's uh it's interesting to, to hear that that Brett had picked this out all these years later as one of his one of his matches to talk about. Um, so it's, he, he obviously holds it in in high regard as well. Um, what score would you give the? Well, actually, best match on the card. I think it's obvious, but there's probably a case for just two matches in my view. But who would you say the the best match uh, on the card goes to?
0: Um, Nows versus Virgil.
1: Yeah, I thought as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think just
1: that won the worst match poll in the Observer, by the way. Oh, really? So I picked
0: out the worst. There was sort of the the point, I guess. Um, No, it was Bulldog (laughs) versus Heart, and actually, I, I don't even think it was that close. I just think like it was just. An all-round better match. Um, I think both. Uh, satisfying
1: finish. Satisfying
0: finish. The crowd no was just bollocks crowd the were, amazing. Yeah. Uh, you could just the commentary on it was just really well done. Like, um, like it was just yeah, it was just the, the finish to it. You know, the fireworks and everything, the lead into it. Um, just you know, it was it was nearly. Nearly a perfect match, I'd say. There's obviously a few things to that, but I would, it was definitely more of a. Uh, uh, a, a if I was to score it, it would, it'd be a, it would be a nine out of ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in the observer poll, that one best match, Brett Harvey Bulldog, and I would agree with that. Seventy-six percent that got. Um, so that was you know quite a landslide. Overall for the event, what would you give the score to the entire event? You can use you can go up to ten and use point five decimals if you wish to do so
0: um for the event itself i would probably say um it was a good for me i would probably i'm just trying to, this this is on the spot question um if, if
1: you <laughs> was be to, if, next time
0: <laughs> yeah if, if you was to ask me before i'd watched it in my head it was yeah. probably a a nine out of ten uh yeah. but but i think after re-watching it the other the other night uh and going back i'd probably lower that by 0.5 and go to an Eight point five out of ten, and actually in my head I'm sort of somewhere between eight point five and eight, probably more like an eight point two or something like that. Um, just because I felt that there was a couple of those squash matches that sort of let it down a little bit, uh, and uh, there was some of the 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 endings some of the matches felt a bit cop outy and a little bit weak. Uh, but overall, in terms of sort of like production um, and what your takeaway and remember, and could I go back and watch it again? Yes, I would. Uh, and I, there's just a lot. So there's uh, There's just a lot of small things throughout that whole event that I just remember that I I think I'll hold quite dear and I think a lot of people that watched it back in the day will do as well. So for for me, I'd say 8.5, but if I could go a little bit lower, I'd probably say 8.2.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with 8.5 I think the main event is good enough to to warrant it that so a couple of 8.5s for SummerSlam 92 you've got to factor in the nostalgia factor otherwise well, there's no point doing these it's the whole point <laughs> of, of being able to go back and enjoy this stuff um, that's for sure the Observer readers they had a thumbs up rating of 73% thumbs down of 15% and in the middle 11% so fairly close to a very high margin of people who enjoyed the event itself um, 8.5, that's SummerSlam 92 in the books. So you mentioned at the start of the show that you was interested to see the comparison from this event to modern day stuff, in particular what we watched of AEW and we've recently had Revolution, which was a pay-per-view that AEW put on at the end of February. How did this compare? Anything that you picked out from what you liked on either side and disliked on either side compared to what they, they have done or are doing now?
0: I you know what for me but the, the thing i like back then to, to now is that there was clearly a couple of uh fights that really went hard or clap matches should i say that really went hard that really went over the top and they were really made to be these big matches whereas it now just feels like in every pay-per-view each individual matches out for themselves and it's never like about the card it's more about each individual match has to they have to try and be the best match even if they're on first second third fourth fifth yeah. and, and it, like and don't get me wrong i loved things like the the like the the Darby allen sammy Guevara match and and stuff like that but every match in the revolution card bar in sort of the, the women's match was a fantastic match and, and i absolutely loved the card and i really enjoyed it but sometimes it it takes away from some of the greater matches on that card because everyone's doing dives through the ropes. Everyone's doing you know some assaults off the top ropes, and I just I'd like them just to calm it down a bit, maybe in some of those early matches, and and say hey for the let, let's give it to the, the the guys you know that might be on. We want to highlight this match and the the main event or something like that. Mm. Uh, and so yeah. so I'd like a bit more of that and and just less kickouts and stuff like that. But equally. I, I do enjoy some of these top rope, you know, high devil daring things that the Hardy brothers brought into, to effect yeah. with the, um, when they came on to long into the WWF and, uh, and they, they, they that's changed the game and it's just, a, it's, it's a different ball game now. Um, I don't know whether, you know, 1992 wrestling could, could work. However, you know, you don't have to look at NJF uh, to think, well, he's clearly he gets a lot of his influence from that the yeah. 80s, the early 90s type wrestling. And uh, and, and I mean, I, and he's doing quite well. So maybe, you know, some of the, the some other people should take a look at that and think, well, maybe let's, let's try and see if we can bring back some of this 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 early 90s, late 80s style of wrestling and see where they can get them.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we we didn't slate the MJF and Cody match, but we certainly picked it out. Or I picked it, it as a bit of a disappointment in comparison. And I think you go back to something like a, an event like this, and that would have been one of the better matches. Yeah, and it just, but that because we're not used to seeing that style of match, I think it some it just kind of shocked us a little bit because it in amongst and sandwiched between all these other great matches that it was always going to be um, tricky to sell something like that, but. I think watching these will give us a bit more of an appreciation of when those matches take place in modern times Um, because, like you said, it's as good as it is watching all the high-flying and the athletic stuff. Sometimes just a good old-school wrestling match is what's required. Um, Final question for you. Would you rather watch Nails v Virgil again or Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose again from Revolution?
0: (laughs) Uh, Niles versus Verge, just because it's over quicker. <laughs> That's uh, what I was going to say. That's um, my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's about half the
1: time. Less, than, it's less than half. It's more than half the time. I should say.
0: Yeah, but. If they're going to have a poor match, just don't waste my time. As I think you said earlier, and so yeah, and no, they exactly. didn't. So I'll,
1: I'll take that. <laughs> okay. So we've still got Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander is one of the worst we've seen and wouldn't want to see again. Um, I mentioned at the start that we were going to. Um, look at doing another event and you you come up with the idea of perhaps putting it to the audience putting out a twitter poll for a week or a few days to let them decide which event we should watch and review next so i've taken it upon myself to pick four events and these are going to go up on our twitter account at ddt wrestlecast and you'll be able to find it also at the Dimp digital network that will be retweeted out in that as well so have a look and see which of these four you would prefer. So we've got WrestleMania 10, Royal Rumble 1992, so same year of what we just watched, In Your House 16, Canadian Stampede, or WrestleMania 8. So the, a poll will be going up very shortly on our Twitter account for you guys to vote which event we're gonna watch next and review. So there we go. I think that's it. Can any, I- any,
0: go on. Am I allowed to influence people, or do I have to keep my yeah, my, my yeah, opinions? Yeah, of course with? you can. No. no. Well, if, if people are listening, I, I think I would like to watch the Stampede. I, I've been watching a bit of Bret Hart recently, and you know, I, I'd really wanted to learn a little bit more about that one. So yeah, if you like me, vote Stampede. If you don't, yeah, I guess we're not watching that one. <laughs> the,
1: the, the, no, the, the spoiler is they're all pretty good events in my eyes. I think WrestleMania. Eight will be the, the sort of oldest one, but ten is good. Ninety two is good. Canadian Stampede's good. We're still pre attitudes. We're still on pre
0: attitudes. Yeah, it's all, yeah. yeah.
1: So I think when I mean, was Canadian Stampede? I think Canadian Stampede was ninety seven. Oh, That's right up the cusp. It Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it
0: was 96 97 Was Bret Hart versus. Uh, Stone Cold, I think, in WrestleMania, which I can't remember which yeah. one it was, but that was when, 13, when, yeah. when Brett turned heel and, and Stone turned baby face, uh, which is probably classed as one of the greatest matches as as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, so that I'm sure WrestleMania 13 will appear on these lists at some point for people to choose from. But WrestleMania 10, Royal Rumble 92, In Your House 16, Canadian Stampede, WrestleMania 8. The choice is in your hands. So get on Twitter and, and vote for that. I think that's it, paper. So thanks for joining us on this inaugural edition of the DDT WrestleCast. You have the honour of being on the first DDT WrestleCast episode. Apart from the launch episode, that's just me talking and explaining what it is. So this is the first proper one. Proper. So, there you go. You, you you will forever hold that record.
0: <laughs> Even if I'm sacked off next time. Um, well, it does it? Well, yeah.
1: If I had my way, it wouldn't be you, but it's, you take
0: what you can, didn't you, in this life? <laughs> the, the, the fans will start listening to this podcast and go, he has no idea what he's talking about. So I do apologise if you made it this far and think he's talking a load of crap. Half the time I am. I just, you know, I'm just watching these things back and just trying to say it from, I guess someone who doesn't really know the ins and outs of wrestling that well but is still enjoying it
1: <laughs> exactly well that's, that's that's a good spot to be because it offers a different perspective for sure i don't know what i'm talking about either i'll just read up on stuff and copy it but that's <laughs> it dt wrestlecast in the books everyone if you are listening subscribe to this podcast or if you want to listen to our variety podcast it's the Dimp digital network but You know, just DUT WrestleCast if you want your wrestling content. This is where it's going to come from. Nothing more for us to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da.